So how many times have we been driving in the car or sitting in the living room or mm -hmm. cooking dinner <laughs> and we start having a conversation and it, it always goes to something really deep and inspirational and we end up looking at each other and saying, this should be a podcast. <laughs> yeah, a lot, actually. Like, especially when we're driving and we'll be having a conversation that is, you know, spurring that kind of an experience. And that's one of the things I really enjoy or value about our relationship is that we bring that out in each other. And yeah, there'll be many times we'll be having that conversation and then I'll be like, oh my God, like, I, I just thought of this. Like, it just like came out of nowhere, like from the cosmos and mm -hmm. And it, uh, it's something that I, you know, I want to remember. And yeah, like you said, like Ooh, this would make a good podcast. Well, look at us—we're finally pressing record, and you know, actually saving some of those dialogues that we have. We're going into this just like we do a conversation. We don't have a plan. You know, we just start talking. We're feel right. inspired by something, and that's how we got here today. Was we were talking, and I decided to hit record. Yeah. And we'll see what comes out. We'll see. And maybe it'll air and maybe it won't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. Welcome to Who the Hell Am I? I hope somebody can tell me. This is a refreshingly authentic and unfiltered podcast, at least I think so, uh, where we really delve into the essence of living authentically and rediscovering the simplicity of nourishment and holistic living. My name is Heather. I am a certified holistic health coach, and I love getting to the root of problems, illnesses, mindsets, you name it. I just love getting to the root of all of it because I believe that the answer lies at the root. If we can follow the problem to the root, we will find the answer there as well. Instead of looking out in all these places around us, um, looking to the media, to celebrities, to icons, to doctors, to gurus for seeking our answers out there we're missing the message we're missing the point the answer lies within it lies in our core at the root and that's what i talk about in this podcast i invite you to join me on a journey of unraveling if you will the complexities of modern health and wellness and mindset where we liberate ourselves from the clutter of trendy diets, perplexing wellness regimes, and mostly all the societal pressures that dictate our lifestyles. In this podcast, I dare you to challenge the shoulds and the have-tos that have long defined conventional notions of health and identity. I am so excited to be going into the new year with my very first podcast uh, guest, 
speaker on today. And if you remember a few episodes back, um, right before the new year, I released an episode called Happy New Year with Intention. And in that episode, I was talking about some steps that you can take to begin your new year with intention, uh, setting a plan for how you want to, uh, what you want to achieve in the new year and kind of creating a plan for that and breaking it down into some very simple action steps so that you actually begin uh, living with intention living to meet goals, living to achieve things that you want to achieve in your life instead of just creating New Year's resolutions and oftentimes not ever living up to them. And so this episode today is kind of going to dig into that on a more scientific level. Um, so we're actually going to get into the science behind the why and the how living intentionally works. So in the other, in the previous episode, I talked about, you know, some, like I said, those easy steps to take to begin that process. And that's a great place to start, but it actually goes a lot deeper than that. And so I wanted to have a conversation with uh, the guest that I'm going to have on today. It's actually my boyfriend, Bruce. Um, you may know him as Baba Bruce or Baba Buddha, which is his healing alias. Um, he's going to be talking with us today about what is happening in your body when you start to live intentionally. Um, so it's not just a woo-woo tactic that you employ and it just magically somehow works, which I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there about things like manifestation or um, rewriting your story. I, and when you start practicing intentional living, there are actual chemical transformations that begin to happen in your body. So when you hear me say things like rewrite your story or let go of limiting beliefs or adopt new beliefs, create your ideal life. When you hear me say things like that, I think that it can tend to sound somewhat vague and abstract. And maybe it leaves a lot of people wondering what all of that actually means. And, or a lot of people thinking, well, that's just some kind of woo-woo shit that, you know, doesn't really work. And I think it can lead you to wanting, or even if it is something that you do believe, it leaves you wanting some more tangible action steps that you can take. Like, how do I begin this process? And I am a big believer in not just having the what to do, but also having the why and the how. Because the why and the how are what enable us to believe in the what if that makes sense. So it's like understanding not just this is what I need to do, but here is why and here is how it's working when I do it. And when we have that understanding, it helps us to believe in the process and enables us to uh, believe in the work that is happening and taking place. So that's what I'm going to dive into today with Bruce 
is the how and the why behind intentional living and the details of what is actually happening inside our bodies that causes the outward transformation that we end up experiencing. It's not coincidence. It is actual science. And we're going to talk about a process that has been revolutionary in the world of neuroscience, and that is the and it's the necessary component for anyone who is wanting to make lasting changes in their life. Because these changes have to go deeper than the surface. They have to be, they have to go deeper than just a thought or an intention that we write down. They have to actually take place on a cellular level. And that's where we're going to go today. Um, so as you heard in the beginning of this podcast, the banter that we were having back and forth, Bruce and I, in our life together, we have a lot of deep, interesting conversations um, in our living room, in our car, in our kitchen. And we will always look at each other and say, you know, this should be a podcast. Like, let's, I wish we could have this conversation with other people um, in a way that could benefit other people. And so I'm really excited to have you join us today as we have one of these conversations with you. And it's our way of letting our friends and our family and our followers into our home and into the cozier moments, if you will, you know, sitting on the couch, which is literally what we're doing right now. And into the types of moments that we share that deepen our bond and inspire our thinking. These are the conversations that elevate us to new levels in life. And these are the conversations that often end up being the beginning of a new course or a workshop or, you know, some kind of inspiration for either one of us to create something new. And so I just want to say welcome to you, the listener. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, me and Bruce, Baba Bruce, Baba Buddha, however you may know him. Uh, thank you for being here. We're excited to share with you today. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our listeners today a little bit about who you are and what you do. <clears throat> okay. Um... First of all, thank you for uh, inviting me onto your podcast. Hi, everybody. Uh, as she said, you know, a lot of people know me as Baba Buddha. Uh, that is my healing alias. It's an alias that I have taken on as I have moved into living my Dharma, which is my life's purpose as an educator. Um, the things that I educate people on uh, range from breathwork as a breathwork facilitator, um, Qigong as a Qigong instructor. Um, and really just understanding energy uh, as a Reiki master and Easter Body Works Massage Therapist, where I've learned all about the meridians in the body. Um, I'm helping people understand things in their life through my understanding of how energy works in the body and the brain, um, just in our lives in general. And so as a mindset transformational life coach um, and breathwork facilitator, Qigong instructor, I find whatever avenue I can, uh, whether it be through coursework or guided meditations or guided breath work or um, live events, you know, where I'm speaking on some of these topics, um, 
I hope to be able to guide people to discover within themselves their most empowering self. So that's what I love to do. In everything that you're talking about that you that you have come to practice yourself and now with other people, I guess I would love to dive into kind of the foundation of that, the behind the scenes. Like, how did you even get into this? I don't feel like that's what you answer in kindergarten when your teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you, <laughs> you're not going to come out with this, you know, energy master, whatever, you know, breathwork facilitator. No. So where did this begin for you? It all started in third grade when I was in a play called It's Not Easy Being Green. Oh, and so I, I wasn't far off when I said kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't get into the, the depth of that story, but um, suffice to say that I was the lead in this play um, playing Kermit the Frog. And uh, I had to audition for the lead and I got the lead. However, no one told me that uh, as the lead, I was going to have to wear green tights. Um, so that was kind of like a terrifying experience for me, but it began my love for acting. Um, so that's really where it began for me because, um, after my time in the military where I served as a rescue swimmer for five years, um, I got back into pursuing that dream and that passion to be an actor. I was living in San Diego. Um, I went to Mesa college conservatory where I found my first mentor. Uh, Juan Castro, which I'll tell more about him later on. Um, but that was really where my origin story began, where I found uh, a love for theater and telling stories about, you know, human truth and, and, and learning myself how to act or actually be my most authentic self. Um, that led me to uh, getting um, accepted into UCLA, where I continued that journey, um, where I learned everything there was about theater, film, and television. Um, you know, writing plays, directing plays, acting in plays. And so I really began to expand my understanding of being a human, what it means, and how to portray that honestly. Um, that led me to the Beverly Hills Playhouse, where I was really able to take everything that I had learned up to that point in my life and really begin to assimilate it into a very profound, powerful process um, that I had already actually began teaching other students. Um, at UCLA, there were, you had to audition to get into the acting classes and several of the students didn't get into the acting classes. Um, and I did. And so they would ask me to teach them what I was learning um, outside of class. So I would take, you know, I'm already taking a full load of courses, but it was a passion of mine to help my other acting students that I felt were being slighted by getting accepted into UCLA, but not being able to get into the acting mm. track is what we call it. Um, but what I would teach them was a combination of the things I had already learned at the uh, Mesa College Conservatory from my mentor, um, Juan Castro. And so that really began my journey of taking what I'd already learned. And then, you know, as the saying goes, if you want to learn something, teach it, mm -hmm. right? 
So that really solidified my understanding of how to tap into your most authentic self. And I began teaching uh, other actors from that point on how to tap into their most authentic self through what I was learning through all my journeys as an actor. Wow. Um, so fast forward uh, years later, you know, I'm, I'm teaching acting classes. I have, um, I taught at the Tampa Actors School in Tampa. I also started my own school, The Organic Actor, and um, was really loving that journey. But I knew that there was more for me, and I knew that through some of my experiences with what I'm going to call vocal warm-ups, I was beginning to tap into some kind of a deeper understanding of myself on a sensorial level, um, energetic level, if you will. Okay. This led me to really wanting to know more about energy. And so I enrolled in a medical massage school to learn and get a degree in Eastern Body Works Massage Therapy. The reason we call it Eastern Body Works is because it has to do with the meridians and the energy, energy centers in the body. And I was fascinated by how, you know, ancient um, Eastern cultures utilize these meridians for healing purposes. And I wanted to learn more about that. Um, not only that, it was also a medical school. So I got to learn everything there was to know about the body. I mean, I knew about, you know, cellular structure, you know, nervous system, endocrine system, you know, the emotions and the amygdala and the brain and all just so fascinated by all of it. Um, and then I was really blessed to have found Qigong from uh, who I consider one of my first um, gurus, although he will say that there are no gurus in Qigong because mm -hmm. we're all, or I, I would call him my master, but he said there are no masters in Qigong because we're all equal. But Jeff Primack, thank you, sir, um, for teaching me Qigong. I became a Qigong instructor under his process, as well as a breathwork facilitator um, where I, discovered the power of breathwork um, and it absolutely transformed my life. Um, from that, knowing so much about energy, having experienced more energy in my body than I ever had uh, before in my life, um, I started to study Reiki and I've since become a Reiki master as well. Um, and so now I can turn on energy and cause it to flow in my body in ways that, you know, the young third grader in me couldn't have <laughs> ever imagined. Um, so that led me to starting my company, Tranquil Transformational Healing. And so as a breathwork facilitator, Qigong instructor, as well as a life coach, working with the mindset transformational programs that I've created or live events, um, including my very popular TikTok uh, magnetic breath mastery course. Um, you know, I guide others to discover this knowledge of how to overcome limiting beliefs or programs or you know the beliefs that are holding them back okay so it began with acting but how did acting kind of move you into the energy aspect i know that you had some correlations um some early acting experiences mm -hmm. that were your initiation so to speak into breath work yeah um do you want to talk a little bit about that sure um <clears throat> Yeah, I guess one thing I wanted to mention, um, you know, as, as I was talking about my journey, is that there were multiple people who were instrumental in the shaping of who I've become to this day, but also in shaping 
how I've been able to develop the kind of methods and processes that I follow to this day and teach. Um, so I mentioned Juan Castro, um, but he really was the first one to introduce me to meditation, I guess, really, because we would do something called the emotional worlds meditation. And it was the deepest, most intimate connection I'd ever felt with myself on an emotional level. Um, and so that really became the bedrock of everything that I would teach from that point forward. Um, and then moving forward, you know, there were numerous wonderful professors at UCLA, but it wasn't until I got to um, the Beverly Hills Playhouse under uh, Milton Casalis, the late Milton Casalis, and the current um, Jocelyn Jones, who's actually the author of The Artist, which is a wonderful book, by the way. Um, but I learned some very, very powerful tools as an actor. But the thing is, when we were going through these acting schools, we were also learning how to be our most authentic, truthful, honest self. And that, that includes all the good and all the bad, right? Uh, so I definitely wanted to mention that, you know, having those mentors along the way was instrumental in me being able to unlock parts of myself that I would have never discovered without them. Um, and then, of course, um, Jeff Primack mm. was obviously instrumental in me taking my understanding of energy to a whole nother level. Okay. Um, having processes of working with Qigong, which is all about harnessing the energy. We take the external qi is what they call it in China. Uh, chi or prana or just life force energy. Um, you gather that energy outside of the body, external chi, and you move it inside the body, turning it into internal chi. And you can use that for, for healing purposes. Mm. Um, but the interesting thing is that <clears throat> that was my first experience with a breathwork journey, but it wasn't actually my first experience with breathwork. And I didn't really understand this, but during my time at UCLA, uh, there was a course and it was just voice and diction and we would do vocal warm-ups. And one of the ways that we do a vocal warm-up is to breathe very deeply into the belly so that you are getting the largest expanse of air that you can possibly take so that you can carry the vowel sounds. I don't know if you know this, but the vowel is is what carries the sound and the consonant is what chops up the word. Um, using something called articulators, which is the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. But I won't get into acting lessons right now. <laughs> but what I learned through that was this deep, this way of breathing very deeply into your belly so that, one, you were also using it to lubricate your vocal cords so that your voice didn't kind of like dry out and crack, which you may notice sometimes if you speak for a long period of time. Um, but right now I'm doing it, <laughs> breathing into my belly so I can continue talking without, um, you know, drawing out my vocal cords. And I would use these vocal warm-ups before I would go on stage. So I remember um, I was actually playing um, in a play called James um, Blackwell's Corner. It was about James Jean's um, uh, death. Or not necessarily his death, but it was the last stop that he took before he died. And, uh, you know, I had the whole blonde hair and everything. And it was opening night and I was backstage and I was doing my vocal warm-ups. 
breathing deeply into my belly and exhaling. And it's a very powerful breath in and then a slow, what we call whispered awe out. So it sounds like this, if you can hear it. <sighs> doing that over and over again. Well, what happened, <clears throat> little did I know, I was doing breath work um, because my whole body started to tingle. My fingers started to tingle and I started to feel like as if I'd like put my fingers into sockets and had this energy going up my fingers and up my arms. And it was actually shocking the first time it happened, but it was also, there was nothing scary about it. So I was completely like excited. Right. Okay. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, you know, like, cause I had done the work as an actor to like, you know, really tried to get into the mindset of James Dean so in my head, in my head, I'm going like, oh my God, James, the ghost of James Dean is coming into me because I was actually playing his ghost and I was going on stage as his ghost. Um, so that was an amazing moment for me. Mm -hmm. I really became excited about you know breath work. And after the show, someone who actually knew James Dean came up and said, you know, I I knew James Dean, and when you came on the stage, I swear to God, I saw his ghost. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> Um, needless to say, from that point forth, I was always doing my vocal exercises before a show and it would, it would get more and more intense. Sometimes I would feel like I was going to pass out or get dizzy. Little did I know at that point, it just was me experiencing more energy in my body than I normally do. Um, so needless to say, teaching acting, I always taught my actors this vocal warm up, And really from that day until I met Jeff Primack, um, that was my breath work. I was doing it consistently. I just didn't know I was doing breath work. When I met Jeff Primack and he taught me more of the mechanics of breath work, mm. um, I realized that I'd been conditioning my instrument, instrument meaning my body, my, my physical vessel, for breath work for many, many years. I mean, I'm talking since at least 1999, mm. right before the turn of the millennium. Um, and so breath work I have learned is absolutely the key to energizing the body for anything that you need to do. And it is the cornerstone of all programs and everything that I teach to be able to bring yourself into higher brainwave states, into the actual operating system of the subconscious mind, which is where all programs um, are created and exist. So this is how it. <clears throat> Uh, let me know if I'm connecting the dots correctly. It sounds like where you're going now is this is how breath work can channel into changing the story or rewriting your story, rewriting the neural pathways in your mind. Uh, what can you connect those dots for me? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, as, as my journey continued and I began teaching um, because it was a natural progression from teaching um, actors how to be their authentic self to teaching people, coaching okay. them how to find their most authentic self. And the same thing that I would run into with my actors is the same thing I run into with anyone, is that we have been conditioned to believe things about ourselves, about our abilities in life, uh, about what life is going to deal us, our deck of cards, so to speak, um, and you know our, how, what our potential is. Um, so I actually going through becoming a life coach to help people through this process, very similarly to how I would teach actors. Um, 
I did develop some different programs, and one of them is actually the Change Your Story Challenge. Right. Um, that began uh, in 2022, and I do it every year uh, in February after the new year, um, after people have kind of gotten past that, you know, initial rush of the new year. Mm-hmm. It's time to get down to some work about really changing your life if you want a better life. So the Change Your Stories Challenge started on 2-22-22, and I did it again last year on 2-23-23, and guess what? I'll be doing it again this year on uh, 2-24-24. Um, but uh, as a gift to you know, you, the listeners here, I'm going to share part of that process that she was talking about earlier, which is that reconsolidation process. It's a very well-known um, process in the neuroscience community as well as, um, you know, hypnotherapy. And, um, you know, if you're someone who can take information that you learn, take really good notes and then go apply it yourself and do the work, then this is going to be a great opportunity for you. If however, you're someone like me who, uh, benefits from a mentor, like I shared about my mentors, Um, or from someone guiding you through a process, which is something that I definitely value, uh, because, you know, we're inside of a bottle and we can't see the label on the outside. Mm. And that's what a guru or a mentor or a guide can help you see and understand. Um, So if you're someone like that and, you know, which is someone like me, then uh, I welcome you or I invite you to join us for the uh, Change Your Story Challenge uh, to 2424. And anyone who uses uh, this code, which is going to be master will, will get 10% off. We'll have all of Bruce's information in the show notes. So you can reach him and contact him and get more information on any of the things that he talks about today. The change your story challenge that you're talking about, what's kind of involved in that? Is that what you want to talk about now? Yeah, I mean it. If we're going into that, this is the the gist of what I'll be sharing today. Um, because, like I said, I'm going to share with you the structure of it. Um, obviously, with the Change Your Story Challenge, there's many different nuances and um, details that we'll go into as you know being guided through the process. Um, so I'm going to give you the framework for it. Um, if you understand a lot about you know neuroscience and quantum physics and uh, psychotherapy in itself or nlp then a lot of this will make sense and maybe you you know will want to try it off by yourself but otherwise um yeah i guess i can just kind of go through the process yeah because i think um in correlation so you've heard the other new year's episode that i did that Mm -hmm. was about living with intention and setting intentions for your life and kind of some basic steps on how to do that. And so I think what I want this to be for the listener, anyone who's listened to that episode, I want them to then understand the how and the why. In that episode, I talk about journaling and answering some questions and and understanding, getting clarity on the feelings that you want to create in your life. So when we're talking about rewriting your story, changing your life, creating your ideal life, you know, those are some really abstract thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of people who rightfully so really like to know the science behind something. What's happening? Oh, how does this work? How do all the pieces fit together? And why, why does it work? And so, yeah, explaining 
the process that you have followed in your own life and that you guide your clients through and offering some clarity on that. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not enough to just know about the process. It's not enough to just know that you want to change your life. It's not enough to just know that you want to set an intention for something in your, you know, in this new year. Um, as Joe Dispenza says, one of my favorite online gurus, you know, it's not enough to know anymore. It, you, you need to know how. Yeah. And I'll take that one step further is it's, it's not even enough to know how if you don't actually practice it, if right. you don't actually know how and then know how it works. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm someone who, you know, I could, I could get a Reiki session from someone and receive the benefits, but I was always trying to understand why, why, why is this working? Right? So that's kind of a good segue to explain this process because we need to understand from the very beginning, that this is all about energy and that's all the universe is anyway right i mean on a you know cellular molecular broken down level we are all just pure energy right mm. and so when you understand that i'm going to be talking about some very specific ideas as they relate to energy okay um so the first way i'd really like to kind of kick this off is that when you go and come into the change your story challenge we're coming in as ourselves with all of our baggage with all of our accomplishments with all of our relationships beliefs emotions just all of it right and this has created you know what we call your identity for a winter reset, then I have just the thing for you. Join me for a five-day transformative wellness journey that will elevate your well-being. Here's how it works. You will choose any five days that suit your schedule in the months of January and February. And I will take you on a guided five-day reset that is going to help you increase your energy. You're going to shed a few pounds. You're going to reduce inflammation and feel revitalized overall. You'll get access to very carefully curated meal plans and recipes that are seasonal ingredients and include natural detoxing properties. So with personalized coaching from an experienced wellness mentor, hey, that's me, and unwavering support, you will receive guidance to see you through this five-day detox. This reset is going to be your ideal starting point towards a healthier lifestyle in general and also helping you on your way to meeting your 2024 wellness goals. So what's included? access to the curated recipes and meal plans that are suggested and the shopping lists so you don't have to spend any time making really detailed shopping lists from these recipes it's all provided for you you'll get two 30-minute one-on-one coaching calls with me one at the beginning of the five days and one towards the end of the five days and then you'll have ongoing support and resources 
throughout the five days. So you'll have your own private portal where all of your materials are provided and you'll have access to me in between those coaching calls through private messaging in the portal. So I invite you to join me on this rejuvenating journey towards better health. You can go to my website, rebelisticwellness.com. That's rebelistic, R-E-B-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, wellness.com to reserve your spot today and kickstart your transformation. So as I go through this process and share kind of the framework of this, I'll be referring to how energy ties into this and, you know, understanding your energy is a part of understanding your identity. Um, And as talking about, you know, wanting to change something in your life, having an intention to have, you know, something uh, different this year, that again, it's not enough to want that to happen. You actually have to do a process that causes that to happen. So it's kind of like, you know, you're listening to, um, you know, I don't know, the Beatles, right? And you decide, you know what, now I want to listen to John Denver. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I didn't date myself by saying that. <laughs> uh, Country Roads, you guys know that song? Let's say you want to hear Country Roads, right? Well, I'm trying to do some math about how old I would have been at that time if I, if I would I have been around. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you want to listen to country roads, it's not enough that you can just sing it in your head, you know, to all of a sudden, you know, now be listening to country roads on the, what used to be a, a, a eight track player when I was very young, <laughs> uh, which then became an audio cassette. Of course, then we had records and CDs and USB drive, and now we just have our like you know our iPhone or our smartphone. But it's not enough for you just to want to think that I want to hear something else. You actually have to remove whatever you were listening to, remove that track, and put in the new audio cassette, CD, clip, MP3, whatever it is. You have to change it, right? So that's what this process really is: is teaching you how to do that using the neuroscience of belief. So it's important for you to understand how your beliefs are created. So we're going to talk about what I call the triad of beliefs. And so basically the very first thing that happens in your life is you have an experience. Okay. Something occurs that you are, you know, privy to or an experience. You can observe it or it could be happening to you personally, right? right? It could be a pleasant one or it could be an unpleasant one, right? In fact, that's all it is. It's either pleasant or unpleasant. Um, And then you have a thought. And the thought is about that experience. If it was a pleasant one, your thought may be, well, that was kind. And if it was an unpleasant one, then your thought may be, well, that was rude. Right. Right. And then because of that thought, you create an actual chemical cascade of reactions inside of your body and that's what we call an emotion that's why they call it an emotional reaction right so the emotion could be joy a feeling inside your body that feels good when you think that that was kind right because you just had a pleasant experience right or anger right some feeling inside your body that feels kind of tight or feels kind of hot because you're thinking something that just happened was rude 
and you just experience an unpleasant experience. Right. Right. So that's a good place for you to understand how your beliefs are thought are created. Okay. I like the correlation to your feelings. Um, yes. and, and how your feelings that, that helps people, I think, understand too, your feelings are, there's something behind them. They aren't just random things that you feel, right. you know, just randomly. There actually is something happening in your body when you experience different feelings. And, and the precursor is always, what are you thinking about? Right. So we'll get into that a little bit later on, but your thoughts have so much more power than you can ever imagine. Um, which is what I like to call the energetics of thought okay, or the magnetics of energetics, um, which we go more in detail in the change your story. But if you just understand that all of your thoughts are an energy, right? Whether it's a positive thought or, or a negative thought, they are an energy. And the subsequent emotion is an actual vibration that can be measured on like a scale, right? The lowest being shame and the highest being, you know, peace, joy, and enlightenment. Okay. Okay. And so what I want you to understand as I tell you a little bit more about that is that this reconsolidation that we've been talking about is a kind of like a deciphering of whatever that belief is that you have about that particular experience. Now, it's not necessarily that, ex that one experience, but that one experience when you were seven years old, because from one to seven is when we're in that hypnagogic state of mind, mm -hmm. when we are most programmable, when this is when all of our beliefs, all of our understanding about life is created, and this is when all of our programs are created. So in that time frame, you had an experience and now every subsequent experience that is similar to that just reinforces that same belief, right? right? But if that first deciphering or that first interpretation was, let's say, um, lacking all the necessary components for a really true, complete understanding, then you are living your life based off of something that is not completely accurate. So in deciphering, that is what the reconsolidation really and that's why I, I so let's give some examples of how that might show up in someone's life like some actual examples like if a child has experienced x it might continue to influence their belief and their life choices in this way well i i can only you know um speak from experience yeah and no, no one else really can speak from anything other than experience yeah so for me, I was adopted, um, never met my birth father, and my parents who raised me got divorced when I was in third grade. So I'll just talk about an experience where my father told me that him and my mother, my father meaning the one who adopted me, him and my mother were getting divorced and he wasn't going to be living with us anymore. Now to a young child, the belief that I had at that point, because I had already been told and explained very, you know, honestly, that no one knew who my birth father was, and that I was adopted, so that you know I didn't have my birth mother either. With okay. Me. And so, to a child at that moment, my belief that was instilled was that people are going to leave me. My birth father's already left me, and now my 
father who adopted me is now not going to be able to live with me. So my beliefs was that people are going to leave me and there's nothing I can do about that. Now, was that totally accurate? No. Right. But a child not understanding all the you know details about life yet created a belief and that belief became a program that now that child is going to look for things in life that reaffirm that belief because that's just what our programming does, our ego, if you will. Yeah. And this is how, um, and not to get too far off track, but I want to kind of throw this in there based on the work that I do as well with people around health and wellness. Uh, this same type of belief system, if you will, is what plays into literally every aspect of your life, including your beliefs around food. Yep. And, um, and this is all what stems behind when somebody struggles with something like binge eating or emotional eating or uh, even eating disorders can be correlated to this too. And so any of our beliefs, the, the, it's those underlying beliefs that we have become to, you know, again, subconsciously, we believe in these things. You know, we don't, we're not choosing them. They are there. And most of the time we have not even, we're not even aware that they're there. And until we, you know, if we grow and we learn and we come to uh, be exposed to teachings or people who <laughs> teach us that they're there and that we can do something about them, but they play into our relationship with everything in life, you know, our, our relationships that we get in, our um, careers that we choose, our food, like I mentioned, our, our beliefs around health and wellness, our beliefs around literally everything are all influenced by these early beliefs that were programmed into us. So just want to put that in there as people are listening to this. Anything that comes up for you is right and true. So anything, if you're listening to this and it takes you, your mind starts to go to uh, maybe your eating style or your career choices, wherever your mind goes, you're not off in left field. You are, your mind is going there because that is, it's sparking something. You're making some connection. And I challenge you as you listen to this, um, feel free to take notes or jot down anything that does come up for you as your experience, because that is showing you your process. That is showing you where the work lies and, and where you can go individually with everything that Bruce is talking about today. Yes, exactly. And whatever does come up for you, the process that we would continue with in the, the, you know, the challenge is something we call the hypnogogic state and where we do a hypnotic retrieval where we're going to discover where was that original belief, um, you know, in it, in its origin state. So another, um, I guess, method um, is what I call the trifecta of transformation, which is the three E's equation. So this is starting to get a little deeper, right? Because we know that we had an event, right? Which was our experience, mm -hmm. right? Something that took place, caused you to have that unique experience, right? That only you could have, no one else can have that vantage point. You could have had a brother that was right next to you 
hearing the exact same words at the exact same time, and you both have a different event happening, a different experience. Same, I'm sorry, same event, but different experience, right? right? And so first we have the event, but second comes what is very unique to you, which is the explanation of that event, right? My explanation is that child was that people are going to leave me and there's nothing I can do about it, right? Um, and my explanation for that was because, well, my, you know, I've never met my birth father and my birth mother is not here either. And now my dad is you know, not going to be living with us. And then the last part is the emotion. Now we understand where the emotion comes from because of the thought, right? Which is the explanation. So this emotion is like the byproduct of all, like I said, the chemical reaction inside of your body. And this creates that feeling that you have about that particular event that took place. Okay. Okay. This is where it actually, we actually begin the actual process with uh, five steps to the transformation. And we're going to use this, the acronym STORY. Okay. And so what STORY stands for? S stands for your status quo. Where is it that you're currently at in life? This is what Heather was talking about earlier, that you need to come to an awareness that there is something in your life that you would like to change, right? And then T stands for where are you trapped? Like, what is the belief that has you feeling trapped in this status quo? Like, what is that belief that keeps you from being able to have the life that you desire? And then O stands for the origin, right? What is that origin seed that was planted in your brain a long time ago that sprouted this belief or the excuse that you now use for in your life, right? In other words, what were the three E's? Remember the event, the explanation, and emotions. And then the R stands for the rewrite. And this is where the work happens. This is that new explanation you are going to create for yourself for this experience that you had. Okay. And then the last one, Y stands for your new identity, right? How are you going to behave as this new you? And how do you feel? How do you think? What are the new behaviors? And just really seeing yourself as if this is already true. Okay? okay. Now, obviously, just giving you the acronyms is not enough. Again, you need to know how to do all this, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure that there is in each of these steps because i've done this work you and i both have done this work in our own lives i've not mm -hmm. gone through your specific process i've done the work through other uh practitioners right um and i was going to say knowing what's involved in the work is i'm sure within each of these steps that you just listed that's that's just the name that's just the <laughs> right. title there's right. no, there, yeah. a lot to do in there there's deep meditation there's deep connection to self there's tapping into what i'll call your authentic energetic code right um as you move through each portion of that you know acronym story um but it really begins with asking those clarity questions you know probing questions like what are you struggling with in your life today? What area of your life is this in? What do you want to improve upon in your life? And so on, right? All the way down to what do you say to yourself about yourself right now, mm. right? Once we've gotten an answer to many of these questions, now we're ready to do what's called recalling a memory. Okay. Okay. And I want you to look at this in three different kinds of memories that we can have. There's the explicit, which is like learning math. 
and being able to repeat it on a test consciously, right? There's implicit, like riding a bike. You know, you learn to balance, which starts off as consciously really, you know, focusing on not falling over, but then it becomes un unconscious, right? That you can like do very easily. And this can also be updated with new information, right? Like balancing on a bike and then learning to balance on skis and then learning to balance on a wakeboard, right? Yeah. And then there's episodic. Now, this is the one that really is responsible for most of our programming because it has to do with time, place, and circumstances to an event that took place. So in re recalling a memory, be it implicit, episodic, there is a process that takes place through a series of pinpointed discoveries. And again, it starts by asking certain questions to gain very direct access to what I like to call folders, right? These are compartmentalized areas of information that has been stored and until it is retrieved either consciously or unconsciously it remains kind of locked away in a in a safe if you will um and so you ask yourself questions like when was the first time you remember feeling this way about yourself and what was uh, what um belief was it that started mm. you know back then and then being able to look at a time period like where is this on your timeline of life when was this when did this take place and the way that we trace this back is going back to my acting days with the emotional worlds uh, meditation that I talked about with Juan Castro, yep. where we really start to ask what we call the five W's. We begin with, when was this? Where were you? Who were you with? What surrounds you? And why are you there? Well, right. Like, why are you there? Right. Again, with the experience with my father, you know, I was in third grade. I was out in front of our house. I was with my dad you know our yard surrounded us and why i was there because my dad was telling me that he was no longer going to be living with with me and my brother and my mom right and you want to paint this picture with as much detail as you can feel now you can create this memory with all these details by using something called your five senses in my process i call this the lock-in portion because what you're going to do is when you remember what did you see, what did you hear, what did you smell, what did you taste, and what did you feel, you are actually going to be locking in that particular memory. Mm -hmm. The reason why it is that particular memory is because no two memories hold the same energetic coding, right? We talked about energy and coding and stuff like that in the very beginning. Same as no two people's you know, um, fingerprints are the same, right? Okay. There's no experience that you've ever had in your life, even, even if you've had a similar type of experience, that'll have the same energetic code because it can only come from this particular moment in this particular time at that particular age because obviously, you know, every single moment is a new moment, right? So when you do this process, you are now going into the brain, into those neural fiber junctions where the memory has, was created and stored. Remember those folders? Yeah. And you are actually going in through the process, drawing the, all those very specific energetic codes together. And if you think of it like a math equation, there is no other amount of codes all put together that could create the outcome of that particular experience. Mm -hmm. When that happens, it's known in you know psychotherapy that the psyche doesn't know the difference between being there again or you just you know trying to imagine it as long as you are recalling it as though it is happening right now right right so then we begin to describe the situation 
right? Because we want to now begin to recall this situation so that we can understand from a deep sense of belief how this experience is affecting us, right? Um, and this is where we get into something called the locked-in phrase, where we use uh, specific ways of describing that moment that makes the clarity of the situation very clear to us so that we are able to move into the next process of the, uh, the method, which is taking what is known as a, a labile memory, right? The one that was in the folder, opening, opening it back up, looking at it, which is what we're doing now, right? And it's from that place where we are able to actually then change our perception of you know what took place back then. Again, being a young boy, my father's going to leave me was not the truth. Right. My father's never left me. My father's been by my side is every step of the way as much as he could be, as much as I allowed him to be, right? So then once we've kind of re-deciphered um, that experience, now it's time for us to go through and realize where did that original seed grow and repeat along the timeline in our life? in our adolescence, in our young adulthood, in our adulthood, and even most recently, Yeah. right? And when you can track that timeline and see how this has affected your, your whole life, then it comes time to kind of shift and change what's called a schema, right? Because if I had that belief that people are going to leave me, like, like that my father's going to leave me, then I've had that belief that people are going to leave me. And so in my adolescence, when let's say, you know, a girlfriend broke up with me, that just reconfirmed that people are going to leave me, right? And then in my, um, you know, young adulthood, I couldn't hold down a relationship because I knew people are going to leave me. So I would sabotage that relationship in advance and then they would leave me anyway, confirming right. that belief, you know? Um, and it's not until you become aware of that and actually do the work to change that, that that changes that process or that continued process. So if you understand this again from an energetic standpoint, we are basically looking at our energetic log and how each one of these energetic experiences has made a deposit in our timeline. And these deposits also have a residual chemical buildup or stagnant energy that gets trapped in our tissues. You may have heard this before that the issues are in the tissues. Mm. And so the meridians themselves can have stagnant energy that is locked into these this energetic code um, you know on your timeline of experiences okay just making sense so far yeah it's making sense and something that you said reminded me of something that i read recently where it said if if our bodies can hold traumas and negative experiences and it ha they have the ability to you know hold those in our organs and our tissues mm -hmm. we also have the ability to hold the positive right we have the yes. ability to hold the the rest and the rejuvenation and the you know positive things that happen in our life too and so with that knowledge you know we don't, we don't, cause I think it's easy to focus on all the traumas that we've experienced and held onto. And it's, mm -hmm. we have to go there. We have to acknowledge those. We have mm -hmm. to revisit them, so to speak, in order to 
clear them, change them, rewrite them, heal them. Right. But I, I find it reassuring to think, okay, so if what it was in place, what was being held in my organs and my tissues mm -hmm. as these negative traumas, I can replace those then with a the rewritten version, which could be something more um, reassuring and restful. And right. uh, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes, totally. It's a really good segue into the reconsolidation process because essentially what we've just gone through is, you know, a framework for the reconsolidation process. Um, but it's interesting, you know, what you were talking about, that we can also have very positive experiences locked away in our tissues. I want you to understand that, you know, the ego or the subconscious mind, its job has been to protect us our entire lives. Right. So, you know, even though these experiences you may be labeling as a negative one because it's limiting you in some way, it served a purpose at the time. You know, it served a purpose for me to understand that people were going to leave me in my life so that I could grow a thick skin, so I could be someone who wasn't so, you know, destroyed by people leaving me in my life. It was just like, oh, another one's leaving. Okay. Mm. Right. Um, so in understanding that, that, you know, every single experience that has happened to you up to this point has served you in some positive way. Mm -hmm. Right. In other words, we are always moving toward pleasure and away from displeasure or towards, you know, safety and away from danger. Right. Right. So that's, that's what all of these have done is they've moved you in the positive direction. So understanding that, um, the process of reconsolidation is a beautiful one in which remembering that energetic code of the memory, right? Using this process in the change your story challenge, we can bring you back to that very specific energetic encoded memory in the actual neuro junction where that memory was formed and stored away in the amygdala, right? Uh, in the brain. Yeah. And when we are doing that, it's actually called consolidation. When I'm sorry, not when we're recalling, but when the memory is stored, it's called consolidation. Okay. It's when that experience happened, we had a thought about it. There was an emotional reaction. And so we gave ourselves an explanation about what this memory meant to us. That created a consolidation of that memory, which then got stored away in the folder in the safe. Right? Okay. When we use this process in the Change Your Story Challenge, we open up that safe, we open up that folder, we go right back to that energetically encoded memory, right? The one in your, your, uh, your energetic log, the timeline. And for a moment, when we recall that exact spot, I want you to imagine this almost like a cartoon of all the energies going right back to that very same spot and almost like a little, little like explosion. It pops the neural junction, the two neurons that fire together, wire together. I'm sure you've heard that yep. saying before. It almost like pops them apart. Now it doesn't actually pop them apart, but I think it helps to understand this that you are actually having so much power with your own thoughts and awareness that you send energy to that exact spot. And how do we know that it's that exact spot? Because that energetic code, remember 
all that energetic code adds up to that is the only possible, you know, right. um, you know, equation, so to speak, or solution. So it goes right to that exact spot. Imagine like a little pop causing that neural junction to separate and it remains apart. Now in neuroscience, you actually have about a five hour window where you can actually create a new memory. And this is what's called disconfirming evidence. And this will confirm a new schema. And the way this works is we go back to that original memory, right? Where my original belief or my, you know, created that schema was that people are going to leave me in the, my life and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. I go back and I change that by saying, going back even further, maybe to, you know, when my birth mother gave me up for adoption and never met my birth father, that instead of them leaving me, they loved me so much. They released me from being held back so that I could be raised in a beautiful family. And I'm able to go through all the timeline moments in my life where no one ever left me. They actually were releasing me because I'd come into their life. They'd learned the lesson they needed to learn. I learned the lesson I needed to learn. And it was time for them to release me so that I could move on to a deeper and a more important pur purpose, right? Yeah. All that gives me a more empowering feeling. And what happens is these this schema, right? When the brain now has two kind of like conflicting beliefs, right? The new one trumps the old one. Right. Because the old one can't be true if there is a new one that it now exists, right? And so in that moment, you've now created a new belief that people have always released me after I have, you know, done the work that I was there to do, after they received the value that I was there to give them, right? And it's always, you know, created from a more positive perspective. That new memory can actually come in, bump out the old one because it no longer is confirmed, right? And it will now fuse, right? And in that five hour window, when you continue to reconfirm that by going through that timeline of events, right? From adolescence to young adulthood to adulthood, you keep reconfirming that with more and more and more disconfirming um, new beliefs to the old beliefs. Mm -hmm. After that five hour window, that is your new neurofiber bundle junction for that or origin seed memory. And that is how you change the story that you've been living your life by. And then from that point, you want to actually say, okay, now that I am this new version of me, how do I want this new version of me to look? And we mm. call this recasting the mold. Yeah. Because you've now taken what was the old you and you've melted it down. You've completely taken it and just put it into a hot molten, you know, mixer. And now you get to pour it into the mold that you want to have. Right. Right. There, yes, there is a possibility that we've all done elements of this. Yeah. But the thing is, when we haven't gone to the origin seed yes. and really changed that that reconsolidation, re, you know, disconfirming schema, that a new experience in life is going to reconfirm, you know, that old schema, and you're going to re-experience it. Even though you said like, no, I looked at this memory and I decided that I didn't want to believe in that memory, and I decided that this is going to be my new life, and then something 
programming from your, you know, conditioning shows up and it disconfirms that, yeah. that belief that you wanted. And so it's really important to understand that the depth is in going through a, a full process. And this is getting you into a hypnagogic state of mind through breath work, through meditation, mm -hmm. through deep, deep, deep relaxation and surrendering to the process and belief. Yes. Because it's not, no belief is going to take hold if you don't believe it's possible. Just like, you know, you, people can die of cancer if they're told that they have cancer and they only have nine days, you know, nine weeks to live or something like that. Right. While the same person that has the exact same cancer can be told the exact same thing and they go out and change the way they eat, the way they, you know, speak to themselves and the things that they're doing in their life and they're, you know, living cancer free. They change their energy. Yeah, exactly. So on that note, um, as we, as we go to wrap this up and kind of bring this all together, how does this manifest in your life? How, how do you continue? Cause I know you've done the work, but, and we both know this from experience. This isn't a, you do this work once and you're done. Right. Um, it is ongoing. It is a process that continues for life. And that shouldn't discourage you. That should actually relieve you <laughs> to know that empowering. it's empowering to know that you now have a tool, right? So right. you now have this tool in your toolbox where as things come to the surface, as you're triggered, as you notice patterns in your life, in any area of your life, um, you can always go to this tool and use this tool in that area around specific circumstances, around specific patterns that come up that you start to be aware of. And um, how, how has this uh, work played out for you in your life? Um, well, yeah, on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I've, I shared my story, you know, being that young child who went through that one particular experience, but there has been multiple experiences that that young child went through and multiple different limiting beliefs and programs that were created that I've, you know, looked at and worked on. Um, and so what this really is, is something that I've called um, a, a process of doing what's called an energectomy, where on an energetic level, we are removing, which is the, like a medical term, an ectomy is to remove. We are removing an energetic signature that is no longer beneficial to our well-being. Mm. Um, and so once you've begun that process, there's going to be other programs that kind of fill that empty space, if you will. And so you're still going to be triggered by different things, yes. right? And even if you have changed a you know, perception that you have about an origin memory, it doesn't mean that you won't still experience things that could still trigger it. Mm -hmm. But you will notice that you are more aware, that you are less reactive, that you are able to choose your responses and, and in doing so feel more empowered in those moments. I like to use the analogy of lifting weights. Like, you know, the first time you go to the gym, if you go in and try to lift, you know, let's say 45 pounds, you know, on both sides of a, a to-do bench, Maybe for a guy, it's not that bad, but put two more 45s and it's going to be very difficult, right? But 
if you continue to go in and you do different exercises, you do biceps, you do back, you do shoulder, right? And you build muscle in all these other areas. After, let's say, a month of conditioning, you know, uh, practicing consistently, you go in and that same weight doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel as heavy. Now, has, has the weight changed in any way? No, it's the same weight. Same with your triggers. Has the, these you know, triggers changed in any way? No, they haven't. But the weight that they carry on how they affect you, on how, it, you know, how much of a strain it puts on your body is different because you are now stronger. You are now more empowered, mm-hmm. right? So I like to live by what I like to call the four Fs, which is forget the past. It doesn't, it doesn't exist anywhere except for in those memories, in those locked away folders and vaults that you now have a tool to access and alter, right? You can shift them. So focus on your future, right? Now, when I say focus on your future, I don't mean live in your future and fantasize all the time, but decide that this is what you want your future to be and put your focus there, put your energy where thoughts go, the energy flows, right? Yeah. And then feel fortunate in the now, right now, right? Feel gratitude. Because when you do that, you are creating an experience. You are having a thought about that experience. And you are creating an emotion about that experience. Mm -hmm. So you are creating positive programming beliefs in the moment and just flow in the moment, right? So it's forget the past, focus on the future, feel fortunate now, and flow in the moment. And when you do that, you are going to find yourself living more in the moment and more able to even decipher if an external experience is going to trigger you. Yeah. If it is triggering you and how you can respond in a way that doesn't allow it to um, reinforce some old conditioning or programming, and how you can even begin to create a different schema in the moment of a trigger that disconfirms some old belief. Yeah. Right. So hopefully that made sense to you. Um, Again, I would love to guide you through the process. It's, it's five days non-consecutive where we get together on an evening. We go through one process of day one type of the process And by the end of five days of going through the process, you will have taken one schema around one origin, you know, belief and experience, changed it, done the reconsolidation process, used the process process of an energectomy to remove that energetic signature that has been encoded in your timeline and therefore released that energy that is stagnantly trapped in the meridians and released that issue, the emotional um, mechan- or um, magnetic uh, chemical residue that gets trapped in the tissues, and that also gets released. And it's a beautiful feeling. So how does somebody, because this is coming up in February, we're mm-hmm. just about, or by the time this podcast episode is released, we will be in the beginning of January. So... How do people sign up for this challenge in February? Yeah. So it's going to be, like I said, in February, uh, 24th, 24, 24, right? 
And if you go to my Beacons profile. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's beacons.ai backslash breathe with Baba Buddha. You can find that on my TikTok channel, which is breathe with Baba Buddha on TikTok. Um, I'm also uh, Baba Buddha on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's where you can find the link. And like she said, it'll be in the program notes. So we'll have in the program notes, we will have his TikTok, which is where he has, that's his primary platform where he has a lot of videos. He goes live on there. He has all kinds of information and um, good resources on there. We'll have his TikTok in the show notes. We'll have his uh, website in the show notes. And that's all going to have the information on how to sign up for this challenge that's coming up. And um, it's a very affordable challenge um, for everything that you're getting access to and the work that you're doing in this challenge. Um, and don't forget the 10% discount. Yeah. Master will. We'll have that code, that promo code in the show notes as well. But it's really for somebody, if this is your first time diving into this work and you've been wondering where to start and you maybe you've been searching, but you didn't really know what to search for. This is going to be long enough that it gets you into the work, um, but very doable for a beginner. And Absolutely. if you're somebody who you've done elements of this work and you're wanting to take it deeper, you're able to take this challenge and go as deep as you would like to. So this is great work for somebody just beginning and great work for somebody who is continuing and has been doing the work for some time. So Bruce is a phenomenal guide. He's got people that are in his programs right now that are seeing amazing results from working with him and, and doing his programs and his breath work. So I really encourage you know, everyone to you know, do the challenge. If you're curious about you know Bruce and, and how he guides people and the type of leader that he is, this is your chance to experience that in a really wonderful container. And I promise you, if you come and, and do the work, you are going to come out of this a changed person. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to share this process with your listeners. And uh, as always, uh, what a empowering conversation this has been. Just such a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> How empowering to know that we don't have to stay stuck. Whatever areas that we want to change in our lives, whatever patterns keep recurring and we keep wondering, why do I always do this? Why does this always seem to happen to me? Wherever that's popping up in your life, that's showing you where you can apply the tools that Bruce was talking about today. And maybe that's the area of your life that you want to take into his change your story challenge. You know, if you're thinking about joining the challenge, uh, sign up for it and then start taking some notes on and journaling on what are the patterns that you would want to change? Where would you want to take this work? And I think that as you start to get clear on that, you'll start to feel excited because that is the first step, you know, deciding 
where to begin is the first step in making lasting changes. So get excited about the work, you know, don't, don't let it feel overwhelming. Don't let it, uh, feel daunting, get excited that you now have tools, that there are now action steps and that you now have a guide, somebody to lead you through it. So thank you for listening. Uh, check out the show notes for any of Bruce's information and feel free to reach out to either one of us if you have questions or need information um, or if we can help you in any way as you navigate this journey. Have a good one.